the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast going to discuss, well... Let's be honest, looking forward to the future and how the Broncos have dipped their toe into that realm, but why haven't they gone all in yet? Wondering why. So, discussing that with me today is going to be Zach Seegers, our contributor to MileHighSports.com. Zach, welcome back to the podcast, our weekly uh, catch-up with you as well, too. Uh, got a lot of stuff going at MileHighSports.com, but of course, they can always find links on your Twitter uh, as well, too. Where can they follow you on Twitter? Thanks, Ronnie. And you can follow me at Zach underscore Seegers. That's Z-A-C-H-S-E-G-A-R-S. All right. So, of course, uh, all the good stuff on the Broncos at MyLifeSports.com. And, of course, our daily Broncos Blitz podcast uh, podcast is archived there. And it's presented by our friends over there at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirits. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. And here's the thing. Even on colder days, the rooftop is heated. So go on up there to Tap 14 with the heated rooftop and go enjoy some of the great Colorado-made spirits and, of course, those craft beers, too, as well, too. 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, it is Tap 14. You can find them on the web. That's tap14.com, tap14.com. Now, here's the deal. This Broncos team, look, 2-5. and five. We can talk about how they should have won the Bears game. We can talk about how they could have won the Jags game. Could have, would have, should have, if and buts, candy nuts, everyday Christmas. You know Dan Hawkins' quote. This is a Broncos team that they're looking towards the future. That's the reality, Zach. And they obviously understand that. Look, there's some sort of situation that happened between Emmanuel Sanders and John Elway, at least it appears uh, that happened after the Tennessee game. That could have been triggered because of lack of production on Emmanuel uh, Emmanuel Sanders' side. Uh, Quite frankly, it was lack of targets probably maybe that he was most frustrated with. And they end up trading him to San Francisco for draft picks, third and fourth round coming back. They also ship a fifth to go along with Emmanuel Sanders. That, to me, signals, though, if you're going to do that, that is the waving the white flag on the season. I mean, make no mistake, trading away a talent like that, somebody who was really your one of your most important pieces on offense, you are trying to rebuild for the future. So wouldn't it not be smart to just continue on that path and investigate Chris Harris Jr. in his situation? Because... As Chris Harris Jr. told Josina Anderson of ESPN, he says, quote, I doubt it happens, end quote. Team Source also told ESPN's Diana Russini what John Elway told us as well, too, in a media catch-up, that the Broncos don't see a trade market for Harris and they haven't had any calls on his services. So, interesting stuff. Uh, Your thoughts immediately, Zach, on... Chris Harris Jr. not being able to move, being able to be moved because look, this is a guy who's still a really talented corner. You know, I personally I don't buy that. I feel like there have been calls, just maybe you know people sniffing around and and the asking price is too high or whatnot. But I I think that's good. I think you don't want to let Chris Harris Harris Jr. go if you think there's a chance of resigning him at the end of the season, um, and unless the trade offer is good enough. I mean, Chris Harris Jr. like you said is still a very very talented corner. 
And I think one of the weak points on this Broncos roster is cornerback. You want to talk about uh, the team being disappointing these last few years. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, they have a solid roster. They're just bad at all the most important positions. Yes. They're bad at corner, or quarterback. They're bad on the offensive line. They're uh, and bad. And when I say bad, and when you say bad, they're Oh, bad. they're really bad. <laughs> they're really bad. Yes, and then, bottom five NFL. There are wide receivers. I think in today's NFL, that's one of the three most important position groups on offense. They don't have great receivers. And then on defense, cornerbacks, not great outside of Chris Harris Jr. If you get rid of him, that secondary becomes really bad. Uh, the edge rushers have been a disappointment so far this season. So I, I think really this team is a lot more talented than it appears. And if you just make one of those weaknesses even weaker – uh, they're going to have to commit to solving it big time this offseason. And they haven't seen what uh, Bryce Callahan's like. I mean, I believe in him personally. I think he'll be a lockdown slot corner for years to come if he can get healthy. The guy's super talented and has gotten better every single year in the league. But we haven't even seen him yet. Yeah, do we and even know he exists? Exactly. Is he actually a player? Getting, getting like Bryce rid of Callahan, is he an actual human being? <laughs> if they get rid of Chris Harris Jr. before they've seen this guy, what if he this injury ends up haunting him for, from the rest or for the rest of his career and he never gets on the field again? Hopefully that doesn't happen. But if it does, now Yadam and Harris, or Devontae Harris, that is, are your top two corners like in the offseason, that's gonna take a lot of effort to rebuild that to even being a decent unit. Yeah, uh, this is a Broncos team that, look, I, I think it's just maybe even a more overlying big picture cloud hanging of Dove Valley um, need to embrace the idea that, look, it's time to just move on. It's time to rip the Band-Aid and understand, because, look, at the end of the year, do you really think Chris Harris Jr. is sticking around? Do you really think he's going to resign a long-term deal knowing it's his last deal? He's going to take less money to stay here, and this is a guy who wants to stick around on a 5-6 win team? I don't know. I don't no, know. He doesn't I, want to I don't stay think here so. For that situation, I don't think so at all. But they have to believe that there's a good chance because they're holding on with him. I think they knew Emmanuel was gone after this season. Yes. So they moved him. They went I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was some situation between him and John Elway as well. But they went this Emmanuel thing's not happening. Let's move him. There has to be some hope internally that they're going to be able to keep Chris Harris Jr. for them to be holding on like this. And maybe it all changes after the Colts game. That's a game I don't think they win. They could. I don't think they will. Uh, maybe after that Colts game, you're 2-6 and six at that point, right? The season's really over. Maybe then they can finally wave the white flag and go, hey, we'll take a fourth for Chris Harris. We'll take a third for Chris Harris. We don't need that first or second round pick that they're currently looking for. All right. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast, of course, presented by our friends over there at Tab 14, 19, Blake Street. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. I think there are maybe other names that we could be mentioning. Uh, and then I want to get into Drew Locke. And if Drew Locke is somebody who should be starting immediately the moment he's healthy, that's next. So again, welcome back to the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. I mentioned there were some potentially other names. Derek Wolf is reported by Jason Locke and four. I, I really don't know how much value Derek Wolf has around the league, to be truly honest. You know, uh, could an Adam Godsis be available? I, I just, I, I think more so than anything, it's not so much the player. It's understanding that if you get the right deal for somebody, it's time to rebuild. And it's time to stock up on draft picks. And it's time to load up on ammunition to rebuild this team the correct way. The constant 
stopgap bridge, putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm is not working. It hasn't worked since 2016, and it certainly didn't work this year. It's time to rebuild it. That's just the way I look at it. Zach, what do you think? I agree with that, but uh, I also agree with what you said. If the right deal comes along, okay. all these players, and, and, and the Patriots totally changed how uh, people look at re-signing players. It, with Wolf walking out the door right now because his contract expires this season, let's say he, he's gone after the season, the Broncos are going to get a seventh, a sixth, a fifth-round pick for him. So they don't just have to find a trade partner. They have to find a trade partner that's willing to offer them more than they would get uh, with Derek Wolf just signing somewhere else. Chris Harris Jr., that's another case where if he does leave, they're getting a third-round comp pick for him. So if if the Broncos are going to trade you Chris Harris Jr., you have to offer them at least a third-rounder to, to make it worth their while. And I think that also applies to Derek Wolf too. Like you said, I don't know what his interest is like around the league. I'm sure there's some there, but I don't think there's a ton. And how many teams are willing to give up a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick for uh, – expiring contract Derek Wolf, who hasn't been healthy the last few years. I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I don't see it as well either, but I also think you need to look at the idea of entertaining those and you know flipping the switch because this is what we always talk about around this time of year. There's a major difference between accepting phone calls and actively shopping guys. Um, and I think Denver needs to be in the active shopping league uh, active shopping category, if you will, in the idea that, look, we understand it's not going to happen this year. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, if we don't start to jump on next year, it's probably not going to happen next year as well, too. And I just I, I really don't want to see this team go through another year of stuck in purgatory or understanding that, you know, oh, if we just do. A couple things here and a couple things there. Maybe we can win while we rebuild. No, it doesn't happen that way in the NFL. You've got to rebuild. You've got to fully break this thing down, and you've got to bring in good talent. And quite frankly, and look, we're going to talk about this in future podcasts, uh, you know, and everybody wants to talk about the idea of, hey, well, you know, what draft picks are worthless if Elway's running the show. Three out of the four drafts for John Elway have been very, very good. The last the, two have been fantastic. The last two have been very good. 2016 is a draft where they picked up Will Parks, Justin Simmons, uh, Andy Janovich, Connor Montgomery. These are all starters, by the way. Yes. They're still on the team in 2016. It's just, I think, people's... 2016 impression on the draft is clouded By because Paxton. of Paxton Lynch and and the the big outlier in that and I understand that and make no mistake when I say John Elway has actually been pretty good at drafting I'm going to put a little asterisk next to the quarterback position because he's been god awful at the quarterback position and quite frankly evaluating it period but make no mistake he has been able to find talent elsewhere. And, and look, he should get credit for Philip Lindsay, undrafted free agent, you know, yes. uh, the Malik Reeds of the world in evaluating these talents. So certainly they play a factor. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at TAF 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. All right, here's the deal. Drew Locke, young quarterback. Is he ready? Is he not? I'm not sure. Joe Flacco, he's not playing very well. This team loses on Sunday. They're two and six. Zach, are you starting Drew Locke at the earliest possible moment? I want to hear what they what you think they should do because I know they may be doing something differently here and maybe potentially holding him back a little bit later. Your thoughts? You know, I think the Broncos should start Drew Locke. Maybe not the moment he's healthy, but the moment it makes sense. Looking at it right now, if they rushed it, maybe he starts 
week 11 at Minnesota, like you don't want to start your rookie quarterback there or at Buffalo. I think the earliest you should play him is home against the Chargers week 13. And absolutely, I think you got to get him out here because I think there's this feeling of doom and gloom around the Broncos right now. Oh, no, we're going to suck for the next decade. These last few years have been awful. Oh, my goodness, we're we're going to be terrible forever. We're the new Cleveland Browns. We're the new New York Jets. Ooh, that sends a shiver and, up my spine. It's terrible. <laughs> but don't say that. <laughs> the thing is, I don't believe it. The quarterback position is so important, and the Broncos haven't had one in a long time. Yes, Joe Flacco used to be a middle-of-the-road whatever quarterback, but as all these young quarterbacks enter the league, quarterback play in the league has gotten better. Andy Dalton used to be a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Now he looks like one of the worst in the league. Mm. You need one of these quarterbacks that can just tear it up. And maybe Drew Locke's that guy. If Drew Locke comes in there and is even Derek Carr, you know, he doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes, but if he's a good starting quarterback, a top 15, top 10 starting quarterback, which a lot of these rookies have been pretty quick off the bat, the whole narrative around this Broncos team changes. And all of a sudden, next season, it's like year two of Fangio. There's some talent on this roster. They have to fix the offensive line in the secondary, but they could be ready to go here pretty quick. Well, and more so than anything, I just, if, if I was calling the shots, and again, we don't know the injury status. And I will tell you this, I think it's a lot worse than people believe. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, that's something I saw from a couple weeks ago we talked about on that Bronco Blitz podcast where you know he high-fived a teammate and kind of grimaced and shook his hand out. And I, I, I just I wonder if he actually is healthy enough to truly see actual field play right now. But that's another discussion for another day. The moment he is healthy, I want him in the field. And, and I just don't understand why you wouldn't. Why would you want to go into another offseason with a major question mark at the most important position in the idea of, hey, we're kind of not sure if Drew Locke is or isn't the big deal. Like, it would be different if it was Patrick Mahomes, okay? And and I know we're p putting the two together and kind of comparing it, but I want to compare it in this way. Everybody knew Patrick Mahomes was taking over for Alex Smith, uh, what was it, 2017 season, 2018 yes. season? They knew, and, and so what they did was they essentially said, okay, this was the farewell tour for Alex Smith, and that the final game of the year Patrick Mahomes was going to play. Of course, he ends up playing the Denver Broncos. He flashes all of this potential. I think on a bad team or surrounded by bad, ta bad talent, you can still flash potential. You can have a bad game and flash potential. And when I say flash potential, that's... Uh, delivering a couple dimes on timing routes, that's hitting deep balls, that's good pocket awareness. You know, even if they were to get sacked or, uh, you know, uh, beat up in, in, in whatever may be the case scenario on a, a bull pass rush or anything like that, it's, it's just watching him and watching his natural tendencies and flashing some talent that you just never saw in Joe Flacco or you never saw in past quarterbacks that I need to see to validate and say, hey, this kid's got something, so maybe we can think about passing on quarterback in the draft. Because I, at this point, right now, when we haven't seen you know anybody, anything from Drew Locke, quite frankly, outside of preseason, I, I'm looking at it, if Denver gets a top three pick, a top five pick, I'm immediately thinking quarterback. And, and I don't care if it's you know uh, John Elway drafting or ex-GM elsewhere coming in or me drafting. I want a quarterback because this team is going nowhere without a franchise quarterback, and they have to have that guy. And 
I, I don't know if you truly figure out Drew Locke at the end of this year. You probably don't. But at least you can get some sort of idea as does he flash potential. And that's what I'm looking for. And, and I think you can do both. You know, I think you can uh, uh, get him out there, get him some early reps starting so you can figure out, do we have to take a quarterback with that top 10, top 5, top 3, whatever pick? But let's say he's healthy week 11. You're saying get him out there the moment he's healthy. I think you wait until week 13, you still get to see him against the Chargers, against the Texans, against the Chiefs, against the Lions, against the Raiders. And that way you're not throwing, to the, throwing him to the Wolves you know, the soonest he could play right now is week 11 at the Vikings. If he's healthy in that game, do you want to have his first two games be at Minnesota, one of the toughest road environments? Yes. One of the toughest defenses yes. in the league? Yes, I and do. And then send him to Buffalo? Yes, which is yes the I do. Yes, I do. Because if he has I any sort of with potential. This defensive, with this offensive line, though. Yes, I, I don't care. receiving talent. If he has any sort of potential, he will make Deshaun Hamilton better. He will make that offensive line better. If he has any sort of flashing potential, he will make them better. Now they may he may have a game where he throws two interceptions and turns the ball over and gets sacked four times and looks bad. That's fine as long as he flashes potential to me and says, "Hey, this is somebody where we can work. We can work on this thing. Like mm. this, this, uh, this is a mold of clay right now. And while it doesn't look like a beautiful piece of pottery, this is something that we can work with. I I can't do anything with it if I don't know." And the problem is, is you have some critical decisions, critical yes. decisions coming up this offseason that could be plagued if you don't know. And that's why I think it's really important to figure out. I agree. No, you have to figure out. But I don't think with this draft class and the 2020 class is a special one. I think the quarterback class is a little overhyped where Tua and Joe Burrow are those top two guys right now. And then Justin Herbert, beyond those two, it gets real iffy really quick. Uh, the idea of spending a top five pick on those guys when you've got a Jeff Akuda out of Ohio State, who's the best cornerback prospect we've seen in a long time, even uh, compared to those other Ohio State guys they've had. For the first time in a long time, yeah, the Colts got Quentin Nelson, an excellent guard in the draft a couple years back. For the first time in a long time, there are two elite top flight tackles in Andrew Thomas out of Georgia and sure. Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, where the Broncos really need a tackle. The, these are positions that are going to be a lot harder to fill in the second and third and fourth round where quarterback, maybe they can take another flyer on someone. I think the the prospect of having one of these top five, top 10 picks that hopefully the Broncos won't be having too often and, and spending one on a quarterback when you might already have one that works and, and, and taking a flyer on a guy that probably shouldn't go in the top five. I mean, if Joe Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa are the top two picks to Washington or Cincinnati or uh, Miami, then, then you're, you're, left with table scraps when when this roster needs a talent infusion at several key areas yeah see i, I look at it a little differently I, I look at the idea of look if you're if you think joe burrow's franchise quarterback you take him in the your first chance i agree but you i don't think he'll be there he won't be there you're uh, looking at if you think to a Viola, if you think jacob from justin herbert whoever is the case you know eason if you think these guys are a franchise quarterback you take him Period, yeah. end of story. You don't wait until the second or third round. You know, and this is why I think it was very intriguing with the Broncos' selection of Drew Locke is the idea of, look, they didn't think he was franchise quarterback worthy at 10 or 20, or 20 but in the second round they were like, mm, good value. I, I And this is where I, I go back to that and I look, I just wonder if they think he's not you know, I, I, if if Drew Locke was all that in a bag of peanuts, he would have been selected tenth. They would have took him tenth. 
and they would have mm-hmm. truly believed in him, and they would have started him. And this is why I think he won't see the field as much because you know it's it's more. I hate to use the word project because of course everybody's names that comes into mind is Paxton Lynch is the project idea of this guy's got to wait you know x amount of time. I, I just it, it's it's one of those. It, I, I think whatever has happened up until now to an extent can all be corrected but you just you got to go find a guy and then you got to go figure it out okay and they found their guy in Drew Locke and they think by selecting him in the second round you think he's the franchise quarterback of the future that's a high asset you think he's going to play for a long time you got to figure it out now you know Absolutely. and 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 if you go another year where you don't figure it out it's it's i just look at it and then i say man that is that is a that is a massive miss in the idea that, that we could be watching a Broncos team that looks identical to this year's team next year. Fans ain't going to tolerate that. But but here's my concern, right? So let's say they throw Locke out there against the Vikings, against the Bills. He's not maybe 100%. He doesn't look great. The, the, the offensive line batters, he's going to get hit a ton if he plays sure. those two games behind the offensive line. Even if he does make it better, he's going to get murdered. Uh fans aren't happy at the end of the season and are going, oh, we need another quarterback, we need another quarterback, even if he does flash potential. No, I don't what do think take- so. I, I don't think the fans would say that. I think, I think he I struggles think with so- this offensive line and these receiving weapons, and then you you get to the draft, and again, I don't think they'll be, because of the team's tanking this year, I don't think they'll be in range to get one of the top quarterbacks. They're going to be, I think, worst-case scenario with a fifth or a sixth or a seventh pick. And, and at that stage, you're looking at the fourth best, the fifth best quarterback prospect. And, I mean, th- those well, again, guys are... They got, those, a, they got a lot of ammo to trade up as well, too, so don't that's forget true. about that. That's true. But, again, r- right now you'd be looking at a Jordan Love, a Justin Herbert, and those are talented guys, but they're Drew Locks again. They're projects that are going to have to sit on the bench a year. So you throw Drew Locke to the Wolves. He doesn't look good. Okay, maybe someone else is interested in him. You flip him for a second or a third-round pick because you don't think he's the answer. And then you draft another project quarterback. Who's your guy in 2020? But Joe Flacco again as you, as you work in a, on another project until 2021? And what if that one flames out? And, the, and that's where another project. And, and that's the route I'm not going down, though, because you mentioned it, is you're drafting another project. No, I don't want another project. But I, th- I those are the guys that project. are going to be on the board in the first round when the Broncos are. Well, two and Burrow I, are the non-projects. They're gone when the Broncos I, get out Identify there. the guy who is not a project. And, and let me just, uh, just for example, who, who in your mind is not a project? I think there's three guys who could be in this draft. Tua, Burrow, I think those are the top two picks right now. And then Jake Fromm, who I don't think is, I mean, he's a third-round pick, second-round pick. If you really believe in it, uh, he's got great character. Let's, great just take, let's just take Joe Burrow, for example. Yeah. Okay, Let's take Joe Burrow, for example. If you you identify him as a day-one starter, yeah. take him. Well, get a, no no question. Uh, no, I agree. What do you have go to up do and try to, to get him? Go up and try, try to get him. Yes. But those top two picks are probably Miami, definitely taking Tua. They want Tua so bad, everyone in the league knows they're taking Tua, one, if they can get him. And then that number two pick is probably going to end up being the Bengals. They're taking a quarterback, too, and I don't think either of those teams will trade out to not take a quarterback. So that's my problem with the the Broncos. Again, we have to figure out what Drew Locke is, but unless it's absolutely catastrophic this season, I don't think you can leap at this 2020 class. The 2021 class is really strong. There's other strong classes. I think you have to play the Drew Locke thing out, and if it's a Paxton Lynch situation where you're like, and only they know that behind the scenes. But this guy can't get on the field. Sure. 
you know, again, catastrophic. Like Paxton Lynch got in there, and it looked like he was scared and confused, didn't know what was going it on. It was very clear from day one Paxton yes. Lynch was not yes. going to be an NFL Or I also remember Johnny Manziel's first start for the Browns. If it's something like that where it's like, yeah. oh, this guy doesn't belong on the field, then, yeah, take, take the quarterback, take another guy. But I don't think there's a guy who's a better shot early in the 2020 class than Drew Locke after a year of coaching and development. I don't think the odds are any better. Because I, I just look at a potential scenario of Drew Locke goes in, and again, I'm saying this is he has to be 100%, first of all. Yes. Not, not 70, not 80%. He needs to be 100%. He goes in whenever that is and flashes a little bit of potential. Throws a couple picks, gets sacked, gets beat up. I, I, I don't care. All right, I'm not worried about an injury because that could happen at any point in time to any yes. player. Okay, um, but he flashes potential. How much more exciting is it knowing that Drew Locke goes in next year and now you don't got to worry about quarterback in the draft because you know that that guy's flash potential. Now we're going to build around him. We're going to take the best damn left tackle possible in mm. uh, Thomas or uh, get some incredible secondary help or, uh, hell, they may spend their first couple picks on offensive line. That's how yeah. bad they've been. But now all of a sudden you get this anchoring wall in front of Drew Locke. And look, I think there's talent at, at the wide receiver position. I think Cortland Sutton's a bona fide number one option. Absolutely. I think and Deshaun Hamilton has, has flashed opportunity. They like what they see in Tim Patrick. And quite frankly, uh, look, we all kind of knew it was going to be a muted year from Noah Fant. I don't think anybody yes. expected Noah Fant to come out like gangbusters and catch a 1,000 yards. I don't yards. think we saw it being this bad. but Correct. And the drops are a bit of a worry, but this is also a guy who has to learn the offensive line and the tight end position at the same time this year. It's a big reason why rookie tight ends struggle. So now all of a sudden you have these options and you're saying to yourself, wow, an, another year with Drew Lock, but I, the only way for this to come together and make sense is you have to see that potential. If you don't see that potential, now you go into the draft and you say, okay, we may have something in Drew Lock, but there's also a very shiny object sitting on the shelf right over there, and maybe we want to spend a, a, a draft pick for that. You don't know. Oh, that's, that's where my big problem is. Yes, and you got to play him as much as you can just – Again, what worries me, and I get, and part of it is, you don't. I don't want to throw the the guy to the wolves again. Like I think Washington starting Dwayne Haskins, and it sounds like there's more problems with Dwayne Haskins than just this. But uh, uh, having his first or second start be against the Patriots and Bill Belichick, like that's just just brutal on the guy. I think, like the Vikings and and Bills are uh, top five, top seven defenses for sure, and and some of the best pass rushes. Uh, and some of the most clever uh, defensive schemes. Mike Zimmer is known for how well he disguises coverages. If there's, that's probably what he does best of anything is disguising coverages. That's a brutal first game to put out there with a, a wide receiver core that I like Deshaun Hamilton. I love Cortland Sutton. But with losing Emmanuel Sanders, it's a subpar unit. The offensive line is, as we've been saying throughout this podcast, atrocious. It's bad. Uh I don't want to throw Drew Locke in that situation for his first two starts ever. I'm with you. We need to see him a ton. But Chargers, Texans, Chiefs, Lions, Raiders gives you matchups against good, not great defenses where you can see him. He can flash that potential, gives him more time to rehab that thumb. And you're not going to set him up for a confidence-killing performance against an elite defense and an elite pass rush. Yeah, see, I just look at it. I think the confidence-killing, that's all overrated to me. 
I, I, I think if you if your confidence is killed because you got beat up by the Minnesota Vikings on day one of your first start, I don't think your franchise quarterback worthy. Like, That's a good I, point. I don't I don't want you running my franchise if your confidence is killed on day one and now all of a sudden you're like a ruined project. You know, like like uh, I think a lot of fans looking at this with the idea of there's this like some sort of imaginary meter of like success. And like for every bad game, the meter goes down and for every good game, the meter goes up like your meter shouldn't change based on a bad game. Quite frankly, you should learn your meter should go up from bad games because now, you know, oh, I screwed up and I can't do it that way again. I should probably do it differently next time. If your confidence is killed, like, you know, Dwayne Haskins against New England, if 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 your confidence is killed because of one start, this is the NFL, man. This this is the pro football league. You're a grown man. You're an adult. Get over it. Learn from it and be better because I don't think you could be my franchise quarterback. I, I don't think you, I can entrust my billion-dollar franchise on your right arm if that's how you react to a bad game. You know, but certainly there's a lot of uh, discussion around this topic because, hey, of course, the most important uh, quarterback or the most important guy, well, in Denver, when you don't have a franchise quarterback, it's a backup quarterback. <laughs> it's always been. It was Bubby Brister at one point. It was Jay Cutler on another. And now, of course, it is Drew Locke. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by our friends over there at Tap 14. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R-O-N-N-I-E, the letter K Radio. On Twitter, and of course, Zach also on Twitter. Zach, what do you have coming up um, on MileHighSports.com? Some of your latest stuff, because your content is going to get a boost here, I think, <laughs> because you do a lot of the draft analysis and um, looking at prospects. Absolutely, yeah. I've got another What's on Draft looking at uh, what Broncos can do with some of those mid-round picks they acquired in the Emmanuel Sanders trade. I focused a lot on what the Broncos can do at the top of the draft. Now focus on what they can do in the back end, maybe some uh, uh, third-round receiver prospects in this whipped maybe the best wide receiver class of all time uh, uh they could get a starter in the third round it's amazing but right. that and more preview stuff getting you ready for the colts game yes there's an actual game coming up this <laughs> sunday that uh you know usually this time we're actually previewing it don't know if i don't know how much buzz there is around this anymore <laughs> there really isn't there really isn't of course it's a bronco splits podcast presented by our friends over there at tap 14 zach where can they follow you on twitter they can find me on twitter at zach z-a-c-h underscore seegers s-e-g-a-r-s all right and of course you can follow me on twitter at ronnie k radio that's at r-o-n-n-i-e the letter k radio on Twitter. We are all done for the Broncos Blitz podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed a uh, well, an extended version of the podcast. And of course, if you not only like this podcast, be sure to subscribe to many of our platforms. Let's see. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on MyLineSports.com. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spreak. We're everywhere, baby. And we want you to sign up for the podcast and for hopefully join us for future podcasts. But also, if you want to check out the archives, you can find that at MyLineSports. Com, along with all of Zach's content as well as mine. All kinds of breaking news, player profiles, interviews, discussions on the Broncos as they get ready for the Indianapolis Colts this weekend. I'm sure Peyton's probably going to make an appearance at that one for obvious reasons. You can find it at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. See you, all to listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast.